Greetings, friends. It is I, Igor, the master's loyal servant. The master wishes me to tell you that when he is conducting his experiments, stitching corpses together and giving them unholy life, he listens to the Sean Geek podcast, which downloads directly from seanmcginnity.ca. Igor, don't forget to tell him to download it from seanmcginnity.ca. The master wishes me to remind you that he downloads the Sean Geek podcast from seanmcginnity.ca, and so should you. It lives! It lives! Hello. Hello. Hey there. How are you? Good in yourself? Fantastic. Fantastic? I think so. That's uh, that's more better than good. That's more better than good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been up to, brother? Well, we uh, have this kitty cat that uh, we kind of rescued from outside. So, Everybody wants to know what happened since last week. Well, <clears throat> um, well, I'm allergic to cats, so if uh, and we we had a cat before, but I had to kind of kind of stay above, you know, ground level, not be on the ground or anything to try and bring up the dander and stuff. So, um, I was I was a little tight one day, and then uh, for about two days I was fine. There was nothing at all, and then I get up. Uh, to go to the, the washroom in the morning and then I was tight on my going, you know, on my way to work. So I don't know what the deal is there. So, but, uh, I was reading up on, uh, on the kitty cats and, and to find out what, uh, there's a protein that, it, there's a protein that, that what people are allergic to. Um, a protein. A protein. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Like a protein in their diet? No, it's it's a protein that um, they have in their, I think it's in their saliva. Let me just go here. Uh, cat allergies. So because they groom themselves and their saliva gets on their coat, that's what you're allergic to. Is that you, you're, where you're going with this? Uh you know what? I didn't really research this. I didn't, I didn't think we were going to talk about this a whole lot. But <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> but what what I had read in was, the continuing adventures, you can tell us that part next week. <laughs> well, there's a yeah, there's a protein, and and they've come up with actually they've been breeding cats that have uh, less of this particular protein, and kind of making them hyperallergenic, sort of. So I guess, oh. and they're very expensive. They're like twenty five hundred or thirty five hundred dollars for for cats. So they try oh and do God. this, and this is for people who have allergies that love cats, you know. But uh, not all cats are the same. No, uh, there was one woman. I guess she had one, and she had it for years, and it was uh, and it was fine. She she had no issues with it. And then uh, when the cat had passed, I guess she had got another one but then she was just terribly allergic to it and couldn't figure out why because she you know she had a cat for years but it was this one protein i guess that uh, her previous cat didn't i mean they have it but it just wasn't as abundant 
I guess would be the proper term, okay. as, as, yeah. the, as the new cat. So um, we have the cat carrier that had the, the uh, hunters, um, the cat that we had previously. Um, his, uh, his bedding, I guess you would call it in the, uh, mm-hmm. in the cat carrier. So, uh, we took that and out. Were, were you less allergic to Hunter? No. Okay. No. Sorry, go on. No. I'm um, curious. No. So I think when I pulled that stuff out of the carrier, I mean, I washed the carrier, I put outside, I, I used a scrub brush and some Dawn detergent and just went to town on it. So I mean, it's never looked. It's never looked cleaner. <laughs> it's like, hey, the carrier is beige. That's the actual natural color of the carrier. So um, yeah, once I was done, we we put uh, we took the uh, hunter stuff out, and then we put some fresh stuff in there, and uh, put the cat in there, and he seems to be kind of. He's very skittish. Uh, I mean, you can play with him and and cuddle with him and whatnot, and put him down, and then he'll bolt, and and he lives in our couch. Oh, okay. Uh, well, let's say he's, he's he lived he's lived in our couch for the last couple of days. Well, since he's been in the house, and uh, we've been trying to coax him out, and the only really really way to do it is to uh, have the food, and uh, we've got those little things with the uh, bells and the uh, the feathers and stuff, and that um, you know you swish that around, he'll usually come running. So, uh, last couple of days he's been up. Uh, as soon as you get up, he kind of gets up and you put food out and, he, and he'll come and eat. Uh, prior to that, he just kind of stayed in the couch and you kind of had to pull him out because uh, the back of this couch is all stapled together. So I had to pull these staples out and uh, we had to get in there oh my and, God. and pull the cat <laughs> oh my <out>. God, Doug. <clears throat> so, yeah, so the, the she was on my side for a while. Uh, we assume it's a she. We haven't really been able to figure it out, but... Uh, not closely anyway. So uh, the other day, the cat was actually on Donda's side of the couch, so I had to take the staples out of that side in the back. It just holds the flap in the back, right? <laughs> so you open that up and then you take the cat out. So, so that's been, had, had to do that a couple times, but now he kind of comes out on his own. So that's, um, yeah, that's kind of the saga. I had to went to the dollar store originally and got some uh, cat litter, but the thing is, is uh, there's only about maybe an inch, two inches of cat litter in there. It's just kind of a, you peel the top and the litter's on, you know, is in there for for one time use or or whatnot. So it was kind okay. of shallow. So he, you know, he'd go and then he'd try and cover it up, and there just wasn't enough stuff to cover it with. So uh, ended up buying another thing of kitty litter just to add to it just to make the base a little more, uh, just yeah. a little thicker. So, so now it's, when we're, when the cat originally came, it hid downstairs. Like I think we had talked about last time. Or did we talk about this? Did we talk um, about this on a podcast or did we just? No, no, no. We just talked about it. We just talked about it yeah, together. Yeah. So originally the cat, as soon as he came in, he bolted downstairs. I was there. We couldn't find him. Didn't know where he was and had to use a, a YouTube for the mother cat calling for the kittens type thing so i played that and uh when you when i was playing that outside he would actually meow and then you could tell where he was so we tried that again and eventually found that he was actually in the uh, furnace room underneath my tool chest so he's uh he was just kind of hovering there because of course he's shit scared right he's you know, first uh, I had to get him, and then from then come in the house, and it's all foreign to him. There's no grass. There's nothing. It's just, you know, uh, 
uh, to him, it's like us coming from the country uh, to the concrete jungle. It's just here to just plop you in there and here fend for yourself type thing. So, yeah, so he's been uh, he's been acclimating. Um, and I, I called him, or I, I fill out a form for the Humane Society uh, to say that oh, we've, okay. we've got a kitty cat, so um, they're supposed to call, I guess, and then uh, I guess we'll go from there. So, so far, the, yeah. So the yeah. So the um, the calls in, forms filled out. Um, he's 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 warmed up to us. Um, I'm I'm still allergic. I know I, I love this cat. But geez. of course you do. <laughs> but you know, if if it would have had a chance, it would have been you know, if it would have found a puppy, it would have been a little different story. Um, yeah. But the cat, I mean, if it were for my allergies, I would say yes, because I mean, we grew up with with, with a cat because we had we had both the cat and the dog, but the cat actually lived outside because we lived on a farm. So I mean, the cat had all kinds of place to go. Um, yeah. not, not that here you wouldn't, but it's, there's, there's a lot of tomcats around here. I mean, the rabbits, the squirrels, there's, there's too many, uh, too many animals fending for, and I don't know what he was eating when he was out there. Cause I mean, he, he was out there. I don't know. He looks like he's about, I don't know, three months old, maybe two and oh, a half, man. three months. I don't know. He's, he's not that He's not that old. He's not that big. So I, well, I have no idea. A lot what, of garbage to eat, or maybe he's been mousing. I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. But, uh, yeah, but he, he's safe now, and that's that's the main thing. We just want to make sure he was he was out of that environment. And we even read up on it and said, you know what, the, the cat's better in the house than outside in the wild with, you know, all the other things it has to deal with, let alone, yeah. you know, trying to find something to eat and, and whatnot in the city, so... Yeah, so that's that's the saga with the with the kitty cat. Uh, we've uh, tossed a couple names around, uh, things that you shouldn't do if you're not really planning on maybe a hundred percent, you know, type thing. So I don't know. Uh, we came up with uh, whiskers was the first one. Yeah, because he just loaded with whiskers. He's 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 cute, but um, but he's got round eyes. It's it, mm. or, not round eyes. Sorry, <laughs> the um, the pupils. Yeah. And the iris, whatnot, the yeah, yeah. black portion is usually, it's got the slit, right? It looks like a cat. Oh, yeah. This but one, they're round. These ones are round. They're like, the, I think lions, uh, lions have round um, parts like that. So he's he's a little different, but uh, we don't know if he's, I, I don't know. He, he He doesn't seem like your normal cat. He just seems a little odd. <laughs> I like odd. Yeah. Odd is good. Yeah, but he's uh, yeah. And the second name we came up with was Socks, because he's got white socks. Yeah, he's a black cat. He looks like originally I called I was calling Sylvester. Sylvester. Oh yeah, okay. But uh, we're not too sure it's a male. We figure it's a female. But uh, so that's when we went from Whiskers and then we went to Socks because he's got the white socks. Um, yeah, that that's. So that's where we're at right now. So we have a cat that's, cool. uh, he's, he was actually sitting in my spot earlier. Um, done it, taking a picture. He's just all sprawled out. Like he's, yeah, rough life. <laughs> <laughs> oh. never, never thought you could just have had it so good. Just imagine like the change of environment, like, whoa. Yeah, I could hang out here. <laughs> Fresh Prince of Bel-Air situation going on here. Exactly. 
So yeah, so that's it. That's that's cool. my that's my cat story. Oh. Hmm. Well, I um, uh, I just finished Comic Book Man. Comic Book Man. Men. Oh, men. Plural. Sorry. Yep. That was like the, Superman. Uh, Come, comic book man. <laughs> <laughs> Turn the pages now, with a single swift. <laughs> are you Are you familiar with the show at all? No. So Kevin Smith, uh, when he got his, I don't know, his first paycheck, but he got his, you know, first big payouts for his first movie, mm-hmm. he went and bought a comic book shop in Jersey where he's from. Okay. And he hired uh, his best buddy uh, to run the, to run the shop. And that was it. Okay. So the show was about the, the comic shop, the owner and the people that work there. And the one guy who's always there, <laughs> he doesn't work there, but he's always there. And, like uh, Norm, ran for, Norm from cheers. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Kind of hangs out. He, um, yeah, the, that guy was, is, um, he worked with Kevin Smith, uh, they were both clerks at, um, at like a, I can't remember what it was called, like a 7-Eleven sort of place. They both worked at a convenience, convenience store. store. Okay. And which is what the movie, their movie Clerks was about, was about, it was really about Kevin Smith and his buddy Brian. So Brian is the guy that hangs out at the comic book store all the time. Okay. And uh, he knows Walt, who runs the store. And then there's Mike, who used to be a customer. Uh, and then he was just in there all the time. They just hired him. Mm-hmm. And Ming was a guy who did all his... Um, I think he was brought... He eventually started working at the store after doing a bunch of um, online work. I think he built a website for Kevin Smith or something. And then eventually hired him. So it's the story of the guys that work in the comic shop. And every week they report what happened in the store to Kevin Smith, okay. who's the owner. And the store is called Jay, uh, Jay, and, Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash. That's the name of the store. <laughs> it's not so secret if you're calling it Secret Stash. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But um, I, I I really like the show. I, I think I brought this up before. And when we had Jared on the show, I, I think I mentioned it there too, was um, my dream job has always been owning a comic book shop. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, the whole the whole people come in and, uh, you, you know, you, you have chats like you would on Cheers. It's like, it, it's Cheers for nerds, really. Yeah, and well, that was always my, my dream. Yeah, because you'll have the regulars that come in all the time. You have the new people come in. You got people asking questions. You got people probably in the store that's listening to this question. They have their own two cents that they can probably put in. Yep. It's more of a gathering. Yes. Where there's comic books rather than an actual store. There's more, there's a yeah. lot of social interaction going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's always been my dream job. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to share a nugget of information here that, that I haven't shared on the show before. Okay. Um, so when I discovered comic factory Four, which is the store that Jared owns, right. when I discovered that place and went in and, and just fell in love with that place, go, wow, no, this, this is the sort of place I would love to run mm-hmm. or have. Then I started thinking about it. And Sylvia and I talked about it, you know, you know, I'll get a loan and, you know, maybe open up my own shop. But then mm-hmm. it hit me. I, I wouldn't, 
I couldn't be Comic Factory for. I wouldn't want to compete against Comic Factory for. Right. Because I did have way too much respect for Jarrett. And then I realized, you know what? That's not my dream. I just want to go to Jarrett's shop and buy comics. <laughs> <laughs> but I, w- I would like to have a place like that, but... It would be cool. But then but looking back the, at all the work and all the money and everything you have to put into it, you'd probably never be home because you own a business and you wouldn't be at Exactly. Home. So that was the other, that was be, the other discussion yeah, we had. Totally opposite of what you have now. So, and, and it takes a long time to build that loyalty too. And mm-hmm. you know, there'd be lean years, you know, yep. uh, if you ever made it. Right. And then at the, at the same time, I'm like, look, you know, a, a lot of my friends, like I have people I know that go there and I know how people I know that go to galaxy and I, and I know people that, you know, go to the various places in town. Like I don't want to cut into any of that market. I don't. Well, like, people are happy where they are. And here's a question for you. Okay. Here's, here's an analogy. I don't know if it applies to comic books, probably not. Um, but just like, a say like a Ford or a GM dealership. Okay. They sell cars, but they only sell specific ones. If you, yep. if you go to a music store, one store will carry Fender, the other store won't. Now, with comic books, oh. is it always the same comic books in the store as every other store? And if that is the case, what niche is there that they have not covered that you yourself would say, you know what's missing here? And you could say X, Y, Z. And you can say, you know what, I'm going to specialize in this X, Y, Z. But first you would have to try and figure out if there's a market for it. So, okay. So all comics carry the same stuff. Like there's a whole general bunch of stock that everybody carries. They're all going to carry the hot DC and Marvel titles. Right. They're probably going to carry image. Right. They're probably going to carry, you know, uh, was it IDW is the other one, I think. So basically they're going to carry the major publishers, but everyone's going to have slightly like outside of that is where the niche comes in. Um, Jared covered it on, on the show, but like he doesn't carry, um, uh, he he's, doesn't carry a lot of manga, like anime manga stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. Mangas is the comic anime is the cartoons. Now do they have manga? Do they have a shop here in Winnipeg that does cater yes. to those people? Oh yeah, for sure there is. Yep. Okay. Cause cause that stuff's huge. Now with comic it's just books, bigger than anything else. Comic books. Now, when you're saying comic book store, are you limited to comics? Can you have? Mm-hmm. You know what? There's a new Marvel game out. This is our gaming section where they have whatever game for. Whatever yeah. Now some character. some shops will have gaming stuff. Yeah. Some shops will even have like a, a room at the back gaming with area. a gaming table, and they'll have regular gaming. Yep. Um, where they make extra income that way. Okay, which yep. is one of those things like I always thought and Jared doesn't have the room, but um, if he had something like that, that'd be great, but he'd need, he'd pretty much need somebody to run that sort of thing. Now, if I was younger or I didn't have the kids or anything like that, that's something I consider doing would be running, you know, running a, a back room in someone's comic shop for, you know, regular weekly gaming sessions. Okay. And, you know, you charge, people to come in and play mm-hmm. and then you charge for refreshments and you know it's extra income right um, kind of like game night does on osborne like they get tons of tables and have tons of games going on all the time and yeah they sell gaming books but they like you know a shop like that it's a gaming store but they also sell board games too so it's not just D and so 
stuff like that because you know you can't make money just selling that. Mm-hmm. So I think every comic has comic book store has their own niche. Right. Uh, they all sell comic books, but there's a particular niche that they gravitate towards, and the stuff that Jarrett seems to have is the stuff that's totally perfectly and comfortably in my wheelhouse of you know the things I like. So. Right. But like I said, like the draw for Comic Factory Four is Jarrett, and I don't think I would have the personality, um, to you know, to be the um, the Sam of Cheers for you know for my comic shop. Right. See, I I had um, an interest in actually opening up a gaming room myself. Um, I probably oh. never told you this, but no, this was uh, this, this is interesting. Well, it, it's more of a but but the thing is, is I don't think, I mean, it, it would work for a while. The reason I was looking into it was because at the time when I was playing World of Warcraft, okay, and yeah. when you play this game, it usually has you by the balls, usually, because it, it's, 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 very, <laughs> it's an understatement. <laughs> uh, like when you first, or back in, back in the day, uh, that's yep. the way it was. Now it's, I don't think it's the same, it may not have the same allure, maybe it does, I don't know, maybe I'm just. I'm getting older now, but just, I'm not really interested in anymore. Maybe it doesn't have the same allure to you, but I mean, like Senpai, who, um, who's on the, uh, creative conundrums and Azeroth, the history. Yes. Yeah. She's, she's hooked. Oh yeah. She plays all a over, lot. The, all over the lore and everything. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I was always the person cool. going next, 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 next. I didn't want to, I don't want to read anything. It's just like when you play a video oh. game and they talk for 20 oh. minutes before the next things, next, 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 next. I don't want to know. I just want to play the game. <laughs> Yeah, see, I'm the opposite. I'm all about the the cutscenes and and the dialogue and like that's where the history like, and yeah, yeah and everything. But, yeah, the so, games I play are the ones that are heavy on that. Yeah. So 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 what was your well, it what was, was your it was basically a, a land party uh, business for lack of a better word. Uh, having it hooked up, you know what, uh, on Mondays, Tuesdays, we've got, you know, whatever the biggest MMORPG there is out there at the time, uh, this day and this day will be say World of Warcraft, uh, they're going to do a dungeon somewhere, so they would need some level, you know, 85 or 90 or whatever, 100 it's at now, or 120, I don't even, can't even remember, I was there back when it was level, I think it was level 50, <laughs> um, <laughs> Back in the vanilla days, I guess when you want to call it. Yeah. But, but the thing is, is you think about that. It's okay. Well, then you have to first. You have to have a building. Okay. So now you have to invest in all these computers, and you know yeah. computers they have to keep them updated. So when you first buy mm-hmm. them, just like all these VR places that are open, right? Okay. When they yeah. first open, it's whatever technology is at that time. But that's not gonna. That's not gonna. I mean, it'll it'll do you for a while. But when the games advance, you're either gonna yep. do two things. You're gonna go well we're not making enough money to be able to upgrade everything to continue on. And we'll just kind of stay where we're at and try and ride it out as long as we can or be super successful with it. That's, that's the thing. But with game rooms, I mean, you see game rooms come and go and then it's kind of like, you know, they're kind of at high risk unless you have a really good following. I mean, comic books, you know what? Comic books are, a staple of kids growing up. I don't, I mean, I, I, mine was Richie Rich, Archie, um, 
you know, the Jughead and, you know, the, those type of comics. My favorite one was Richie Rich because he had, you know, he had the mansion. He had, like, secret doors yeah. that went oh, into yeah. the basement. He had helicopters oh, yeah. and Cadbury and Iona. Everyone was, you know, he had his dog Dollar and uh, friend Gloria. And, oh, it wow, just, you, re- you remember a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, it would be great. And then they'd have, you know, the storyline. And like I said, we were talking before, we used to have a, a cupboard um that we had the comic books in it it had a specific smell to it it was a wooden it was like an old rustic wooden type smell um and i remember anytime i'd I'd look at the comic books i would have that and i would remember that all the time um but um yeah richie rich was my favorite one that was by far the greatest (laughs) yeah and and then when the movie finally came out with uh, was it macaulay culkin i guess um, oh yeah, like back in when was it the eighties, nineties? So I was like, cool. 90s, finally, they made a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So gaming room. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much, how many people well, would actually be in it. You'd almost well, have to have a forum and have it by, um, by area. So you'd yeah. have to have like a Manitoba, Winnipeg area. And find yep. out, you know, you'd have to kind of do some type of research to figure. Have it out. Have you ever been to to like a gaming room? They they had a few of them in Winnipeg. I don't know if they still do. Now, do you mean gaming room or arcade? No, no, no. I mean gaming room. No, I I wasn't aware that there was no. even any. I've been to a lot of LAN parties. Okay, oh, a lot. I've been to a few. Right. Um. And it was basically a land room, you know, exactly the, the same setup you said, a bunch of computers and everything's, uh, instead of being, uh, you know, on a, on a network out there, the network was within the room. Mm-hmm. So everyone within the room was together on the same server sort of thing. That was the general idea. Right. And I've been to a few of those and, and honestly, those are super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, there was a few other places what they did is they would buy a whole bunch of Xboxes and PS, PS4. I guess at the time it was Xbox 360s mm-hmm. and a bunch of PS3s, I guess it would be. And that would have some, uh, some Wii's and they, they had, a they had like the seats, you know, the seats with the, the speakers on the sides of your head, yep. you know, they'd have everything set up like that. And, and I went to a few of those and they were, they were fun. I even one, um, I took dad to one. Oh, there was one on, uh, there was one on Skirfield here. And uh, Dad and I went, and we did, you know, some racing games and stuff like that. And maybe we did golf, too, I think. Wow. It was, like, weird. Like, Dad, like, let's go do this. This is when Dad actually had a PS3, and he had that golf game that he played all the time. Right. So we, I took him there. I said, you know, this might be fun. Like, we could do some racing games together and, and that. And, and I, I was seeing the, the problems. Like, there was nothing wrong with the place. But I'm like, okay, well, if you've got the, the gaming chair... And you've got the Xbox right. or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you just, the cost of an Xbox alone and the cost of a gaming chair alone, and all that does is service one person at a time. Right. Like, there's no mass market appeal to a console or a computer or anything like that in, in terms of, like, you can't have a bunch of people on the same computer at the same time. And I think that's kind of the problem. Just. I mean, it's a great idea, but God damn it, it's so expensive. If there was a way they could put out an Xbox or a PC or a PlayStation that could have 10 players on that box 
at once, you know, it's it like a, a, a maybe a five thousand dollar model of the PS five or six or whatever. But that model is more of a server model. If they had something like that, and then a place like that could buy, you know, like five or ten of those things, mm-hmm. then it'd be profitable. But you know, single console, single PC per person, it just doesn't financially add up. Like, it, and the same thing with the VR stuff. Like that stuff's going to die too until it's. Well, unless you keep up with the technology, but it'll, you know, unless it's up to the point. See, back in the day when arcades were out and they had video games, this was before any type of console was out. This was before the Atari. This was before mm-hmm. Coleco. I mean, it was before the Commodore, I mean, 64 yep. type of thing. So anytime you wanted to play a video game, you actually had to go to the arcade. Now, yeah. being that everyone, you know, that wants a console can get one now. So there's not really any need to go to the arcade unless you're feeling Yeah, things flip the other way. You <laughs> used to have to go somewhere to play stuff. And you used to have to go to a land room to play with other people online. Like, that was the way things. People didn't really play on the internet, really. But yeah. but if you if the only way to play back in the day was to have a land room and everything's connected through cables, um, you weren't going to play online with other people. I mean, the old consoles back in the day, like you had a disc and you didn't really play online and they started adding multiplayer later once they figured, you know, how do we get past LAN? How do we turn LAN into meeting online and doing everything online? That was the big, that was the big cuss there, I guess. My first, but there's a nostalgia there though, Todd. I I think that maybe there is a way to do something like that. But nostalgia is for the people who grow up, back in our day but the thing is now we're getting older to the point where it's like uh, <laughs> do i really want to go yeah, to, yeah. do i want to go to an arcade and start smashing the button you know because you always it was i like guess you had to be very accurate and and you know you had to mash that button like crazy so here's okay so no, so let's segue in, into this then so the thing that's popular now so looking at this idea of having these room these land rooms um, and pre predating all of this was the old version of what a land room would be, which would be a whole bunch of people playing D and D in a big room together. You'd have, uh, maybe 10 tables, you'd have 10 GMs, so one GM, a game master per table, and then you'd have anywhere from five to 10 players per table. Right. And it'd be like a tournament style. Right. Eventually, when technology caught up, they created video games and they created land rooms. So land rooms became the new D and D experience, the new gaming with a whole bunch of people experience. And then the evolution went to single consoles per home. So you didn't need to go somewhere to do these things. Mm -hmm. So interestingly enough, what's happening now is people are going back to playing D and D in groups and rooms and playing board games in groups in rooms. Or so online in it, rooms. Or online. Well, that's what's happening now. It's People a, are building virtual online rooms right. to replace and, playing in person. Right. Especially with so COVID, that, I mean, it's perfect. <laughs> so I'm just wondering, is that going to flip things again? Because, like, before COVID, um, you know, the place at the back of a, of a gaming store or a comic book store where people could, could play Warhammer or play D&D or... 
uh, or play Magic the Gathering or or anything in groups like that. Mm-hmm. They, they were huge. It was you know people pay you know five ten bucks a pop to go play. And you got 10 players around the table for two hours mm-hmm. and they're selling drinks and pop and, and, you know, people can, can pay more into it. Like this is the original version of, um, you know, in a game when you're buying additional things like, Oh, if I spend 50 bucks on this game, I'm going to get a bunch of gear. Well, you can do the same thing with these tabletop games too. If you pay more than $10 to get into the room to game, and I'm ta- not talking about a digital game, but you know, playing Magic the Gathering or something. Right. If you pay more, they'll give you extra stuff when you get in. So, for mm-hmm. example, uh, if you're playing D and D, maybe they're going to give you a, a laminate um, um, VIP card. <laughs> yeah, VIP card, or or something to put your character sheet on. Right. Or maybe they'll have an artist on hand who will draw your character for you, Ooh. you know, while you're playing it. So then when you leave, you get to take home your character that you played and See, now based on how you play. Now you're thinking marketing. <laughs> I totally am. But, but th- what I'm saying is this has replaced the land room. So going back to books and dice mm-hmm. and people around the table, it's gone back to that pre COVID. But, because of COVID, the virtual online rooms to play these sorts of games have gotten huge. Right. So is this going to be the death knell for uh, gaming around the table? Just like well, land rooms went away when people could play online? Mm, it's, it's hard to say. With, with what's going on right now, it's it's kind of up in the air. I wouldn't, I, I'd say this is going to be the way it is for quite some time. Um, so yeah, things may not change in that respect. Um, but, and, and the same with land parties now, I mean, you can't, I mean, if you have a business where, I mean, if you have, uh, so many gaming machines and you have to be so many feet apart from everyone, uh, it's a little easier doing that actually than actually tabletop. Cause you're, I mean, then it's like, okay, well now you have to have someone with a projector projecting the board on a big screen. And everybody that's sitting there basically have a camera or something showing the table so they can show the dice and whatnot that they're doing just to kind of keep the distance. But if you're going to do mm-hmm. that, then you need a larger location, which is going to cost you more for monthly rent, but you can only, you can have, you have less people. So um, I'm, yeah, I see, I'm wondering what, like for me, I, I, I do love playing in person. It's, it's a lot of fun. You get to see your players react. Um, you know, you, the, the, the sound of the dice rolling on the table. Um, there's different interactions that, that you have that are, that are kind of unique, but the tools they're using on these online tabletops, Mm -hmm. um, are things like, like, for, like, for example, if we go into a room like we're playing D and D or whatever, some tabletop role playing game, and the we decide, okay, we're going to go into this room, and you guys are going to fight. And I prepared the map in advance. You know, I've got my 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 vinyl um, gridded map, and then that you can draw on with markers and stuff. Right. Like I've got that all pre drawn, and I'm all ready. And then they decide, you know what, we're not going to go into that dungeon. We're actually going to run back into the woods, and we're going to go back to town. 
And that's not what I planned for. Right. So now everything that I drew out and had ready for the players is unused. So the advantage of playing online is, okay, well, I can have a whole bunch of maps saved and I can pop any of those maps open at any time and overlay it over top of my grid. So I can have the map ready within, you know, a couple of minutes as opposed to having to draw every map by hand on a vinyl mat. So like advantages like that are are pretty, pretty damn cool. Do you remember? I don't know if did I explain that right? <laughs> yeah. Um, like the, the, the tools are so good that I, I wonder if it's going to eradicate people playing in person. Well, it, it might. Um, I mean, but friends getting together and, and whatnot, I don't think that'll change. I mean, you may have your own little groups too uh, that you deal with all the time that you probably get together with and and stuff. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, here's a concept. Okay, say you you were running a game. Okay, do you remember playing a game years ago? It was called Sir Lancelot or something or other, or Dragon something, Dragon's Den. I think it was. Dragon's Lair or Dragon's Lair? You remember Dragon's the Lair? animated video game one? Yes, you had to do certain yeah. moves, otherwise yeah, it would yeah, click yeah. into a different. So basically, yeah, yeah. want to get to a certain point. Different different cutscenes based on now, what you did. If you had, if you were running a dungeon, okay, and you mm-hmm. had access to say a board, and the board had buttons on it saying, okay, uh, person dies or something or other. Like each character has has their own moves that they do, right? So you'd use the mm-hmm. same characters. You could change what they look like and or whatever you wanted to. But all the animation is all programmed in there so that when you reach to a certain point, if they roll something, you could click on whatever the number was and it would automatically on the screen come up and show your character. Like actually visually seeing your character fighting whatever it is and you say, oh. you, know, you roll a, a, a three or something, or you die, or, or he breaks your sword or something, or, you know, whatever, whatever happens, um, mm-hmm. it would automatically do it. And it would actually show you on the screen instead of trying to visualize it yourself in your mind going, oh, okay, well, you know, this happened or this happened, but actually seeing it on the screen, it was, it would be kind oh, of man. like a, a best of both worlds. So now you've got the tabletop yeah, yeah. and you've got the visual of the actual game itself. Interesting. Now, I came huh. up with it first. This is my copyright. <laughs> <laughs> Trade, trademark, Todd McGinnity. There you go. Yes, at, uh, Fast that, is, that is the initials of your name anyway. So, t- trademark, TM, trademark. Todd McGinnity. Yeah. So, I, I don't know if, if something like that. I don't that know. That, like, that, that's going to be kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, you have to have a, a, someone who does programming uh, sit down and say, okay, we need, it'd be the same as when you buy, you go to the store and you buy a game, a tabletop game. Okay. The, the game comes with the cards. It comes with the board. It comes with the dice. It, you know, it comes with everything that, that you need, right? This yeah. would be an application that you could purchase like a video game that you would have to run on your own, either PC or whatnot, something that you could actually have up on a monitor. So if you had HDMI cable and a laptop and you just ran this program, and then it's, you know, it would be all like your screen, you would see, no one else would see the screen. And you could just, mm-hmm. you know, run it the way you want. All the scenarios would be in there already. You could, you know, 
um, each you can show the people the characters or, or, or pick it from a book and each character has a number. So then you punch, okay, this person has this number, this person has this number. Uh, are they a warrior? Are they a mage, a druid, what it is? And then, the, you know, it, it would spec them all out to what it is that they would normally have. Uh, there, there's just so many possibilities when it comes to technology doing, you know, doing something like that. Like it would be a half virtual, half tabletop in your face type thing. Oh, man. Or just do it online without the tabletop. If you did it online and people had the screen there and while you're playing, um, you know, you would have virtual people on your screen, but then you'd have another separate screen that would actually show you their character and how they react with the group. And it would okay, actually... So if, if, okay, so if this was the case, here's the other thing I'd throw in there too. The, the, the game master would have to have um, a mocap uh, thing going on in his face. And uh, he could switch between the different non-player characters that he's running. So they go into the tavern, and they're asking the innkeeper, innkeeper, have you heard any uh, rumors about what's going on? And then he could hit the button that would be that would mocap the um, the dungeon master would control him. The, the, <laughs> so you, so it would actually be go on his face, and he'd, he'd have an overlay on his face, like a digital overlay on his face mm-hmm. of what the innkeeper is. So maybe. Uh, He's a, a dwarf or something, a dwarf. <laughs> so he would talk and you would actually see him talk, but it'd be, it would man, be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I mean, like when I say with technology and face recognition and all this stuff, like, and people, I mean, shows you watch now, um, they'll have cartoons that look like people and they actually do a really good job of looking like Oh, them. yeah. Okay. And I don't know if that's a scanning thing that they do, whatnot, but the technology's there. A person wants to play the game. Here's my character. It's on a little flash drive or whatnot, or you just say, okay, you just go stand over here, and then you get this 360-degree t- uh, camera that just takes a picture of their face so that when they show them on the screen when you're playing, they show their actual faces on their character. Now, would that not be awesome? That would be really awesome. And then, like you're saying, you could actually have a side business on the side. Okay, you're this character, or oh, this is your face. If you want, you can buy that figurine for twenty nine ninety five. Yep. <laughs> and then at the end of the thing, someone else has got a uh, one of those 3D printers, and they get this thing going while they're playing. Mm-hmm. And then when they're done, um, here's your figurine. Yeah. A good keepsake. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, Wizards of the Coast, all of this is trademarked to Todd McGinnity. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're getting ideas. So if anything, if anything like this comes up, Todd came up with it first. And this was July, so, what are we today? Uh, July 28th. July 28th, yep, 2020. Yep. 2020. 2020. Yeah, 2020. 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So so this segues in, into our topic actually really well. Um I wanted to, uh, I, I talked to you about this before. I wanted to talk about box office because this relates into what we're talking about with virtual box office right. versus actual box office. Because pre-COVID, um, the, way, the way they measure numbers at the box office is how many heads actually go into the movie theater and how much money they're physically handing over to the movie theater you know, times, you know, you know, several thousand theaters. And then they put together the box office for the weekend based upon people actually showing up at the theaters. Right. But since COVID's happened, we're seeing a lot of movies coming straight to video on demand and video on demand is what happens after a movie has been in theaters for, you know, a month or two months or sometimes three months. Right. 
Yeah. And it's a secondary ancillary sort of sale of the movie. So now it's the prime selling of the movie. Well, it's the only option. Right. Um, and so what, what's been happening is um, movies, movies are just not being released. Uh, a lot of uh, studios are like, well, I'm not going to put my stuff out till this is done mm -hmm. because, you know, I might be able to make, you know, $500 million or a billion dollars even at the box office, but I can't make that on video on demand. So yeah. the, the weird thing that happened back in April was uh, the troll sequel was going to come out and they said, you know what? We're not going to wait. We're going to put it out. We're going to do video on demand and we're going to prove to the industry that video demand should be happening at the same time as theater releases. We, because we're such a virtual world, why can't things release at home at the same time as the theaters? That's, that's the, the big argument. Do you remember Firewire, LimeWire? Yeah, yeah. Napster? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Those were the days when people finally figured out how to download music without having to pay for it. They right. said, okay, the industry needs to address this. Oh, I like where you're going with this. <laughs> in order, I like where you're going with this. In, in order for it not to um, damage the industry, because uh, I guess Metallica was probably one of the first ones who were complaining well, about it. Yes. Now, Definitely the loudest of the... Right, the, the, the loudest. So they had to figure something out, and they did. That was a pun, by, that, that was a pun, by the way. <laughs> but, but, but they did figure it out. I mean, they, 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 you know, they've got, uh, you know, Apple has their, their thing, you got Spotify, you got, you know, just these endless uh, streaming uh, paid services, okay? And some of them yep. where you can actually, you know, listen to the song that you want, when you want, and... Um, you know, they, they still get paid. So in the, uh, in the industry, when it comes to movies, uh, with this that's happened and with people staying at home and having, they're going to have to, they're going to have to do the same thing. And the video on demand is, is one of the ways that they have done it. Uh, they may venture into an industry or a, a different method that we're, we're not even aware of yet. Okay. Right. Because technology moves, you don't really know what's coming. Um, you can kind of see, um, usually out of either China or Japan or something, usually when th things are coming up technology-wise, they're usually ahead of the game, and we're kind mm -hmm. of, we kind of follow suit after. Yeah. Type thing. At least that's what it, the way it used to be. Uh, nowadays, I'm not, I'm not too sure if that's the case or not. It, it could still be. But, um, yeah. Well, I, I, I think, I, yeah, that's a really good analogy. I think... So if we look at the music industry, how things happened, they said, look, um, people have found a way to, to take the music off of the CDs and distribute them. They, they set up a network and they're distributing our stuff. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do is we're going to double down. We're going to charge more for CDs. Right. Um, CDs were, like, were overpriced right out of the gate. The, the cost of making a CD was, was negligible. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the overall cost between the, the manufacturer, the distribution, the, the, the delivery, all that was, uh, a pit, was a pittance compared to what they were charging. Do you, they charged a lot for CDs. Yeah. Do CDs are really listen, expensive. Do you still listen to CDs? 
Yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah, I do. Okay. I was going to say, so, I, I haven't listened to CD in ages. The last CD I listened I, to was, I think, the Dome CD <laughs> because it was because I had a CD. Actually, yeah. no, sorry, it wasn't even a CD because now it's all USB in these new vehicles. Yeah. So I had to have it downloaded yeah, yeah. that way to put. So. Yep. Yeah. But I still buy CDs because I like having them and then I rip them so I can have the music on me. Right. Right. So I'm not distributing right. the MP3s I download. Like I'm downloading them for me. I'm not downloading, you know, I'm not ripping them off the CD to distribute them. I'm actually buying the CD. So the artist gets the money. Right. And then, you know, I, I like having a digital copy of it. So, but what I was going to say was they, you know, they, they got their backs up and said, look, there's a new technology out here. We disagree with it and we're going to do everything we can to repulse it. So all that did was spike illegal downloads like crazy. And as much as they tried to change the laws, mm -hmm. it, it backfired. So eventually they had, you know, they conceded eventually, but when they conceded, it was too late and Apple set up the cost of how much it would be to, to pay for a download and how much to pay for an album, which was too little. It wasn't enough revenue. So Apple set the price of what a song costs and set the price of what an album costs, right. which was not enough. So it was not enough for no, no, artist. it wasn't. It wasn't enough for the artist because it was half the price or less of what they would have gotten in the store. Well, yeah, because now distribution is all being done electronically through another company, so it's mm -hmm. you're at the mercy of that company. So what happened is because they waited so long, and by the time they came around to it, and then they and then they they just let Apple set up a pricing the pricing on it, which I mean, I don't know how much thought went into it and Apple didn't care because Apple, you know, Apple's not paying for that music. They're just making it available. They don't care what the price point is. It's irrelevant to them really in the end. I mean, they make money off of it, but you know, about server space too. Well, yeah. So, so they set that up and then because the industry was behind the ball and was resisting it all of a sudden now, okay, now music is dirt cheap. You can, they set up the model for, you know, Spotify and all these guys and as artists, I mean, we Which are artists, we have music out there. Me. Yeah. Yeah. We get paid nothing all because Point zero zero the industry. Zero one penny per download or yeah. per song. It's like, what? Yeah, go, <laughs> go listen to our episode on the, the economics of, of, of what we get paid for our music. But the, what happened is because they took so long they didn't learn about the technology. They didn't move with the technology. They didn't come up with a way to make music affordable. Instead, they were just gouging people. Mm -hmm. And they were gouging, and they were happy. Hey, we're making all this money. We're making all this money. And this is the labels. I'm not talking the bands. This is the labels and the industry itself. They're just you're just a glut of making money. They're just making money off the musicians' backs. That's... And, and, they, and they don't care. And then all of a sudden, the industry changes, and now they're complaining. Oh, we're going to have to close our offices. We're going to have to let our employees go. If they had acted at the right time, they could still all be making money. But they effed up. They waited too long. 
and they let someone else decide what's going to happen. So the same thing's going to happen with movies. Right? This is where I'm going. Right. Is look, video on demand is a thing. Some people don't want to go in public, and now the new status quo is you can't really go out in public like you used to. Movie theater, even when the theater's open, people are going to be more reluctant to go. Right. You have to embrace the video on demand now and make a firm decision on what you're going to do before it's too late. Because if they wait and they push and they wait and they push, it's going to be the same situation as with music. You can't make money off music and then you'll not be able to make money off movies. Right. And movies are way more expensive to make than music is. So if suddenly I can go buy a movie for a buck, a, a new release for a buck, because somebody like Apple is going to set up the pricing scale right. because the movie industry will get their act together and learn how to use this new technology. Mm-hmm. So, so, what I was going to say was what's happening now is we can stream music. We can pay a monthly subscription fee mm-hmm. and stream music, right? Yep. It's, it's inexpensive, super inexpensive. $15 a month. I get all the music on the face of the planet. Which is to me, I, I mean, I would have gladly paid, you know, fifty bucks a month or twenty bucks a month or something, you know, but it's not priced. The streaming music should be priced in such a way that it is still cheaper to buy a few CDs a month, so you're still supporting the artist directly. There's no incentive to buy a CD or to, to pay for an album digitally. But that's, the pricing model is all, is all screwed up. They have to do the same thing. The same thing is going to happen with movies unless they come up with something. So the illegal downloading of music is probably at the lowest it's ever been. Why would you, down, why would you illegally download the new Metallica album when you're just going to listen to it on your Spotify? Like, there's no point in downloading anything anymore. Well, now you're carrying inventory. Or not so much downloading, but if you had CDs, movies. Yeah. I mean, you see people selling movies all the time. The pawn shops are full of, you know, Beauty and the sure. Beast, all these VHS tapes that were never opened that yeah. people were going to, you know, you know, have have it. They're going to buy and they're going to rip them and they're going to put them on the internet. No, they were going to buy them and hold on to them and, and sell them later on because they were a limited edition, right? Oh, they yeah. They were never going to yeah, make yeah. this again. So then and that's the industry. Sense. That's the industry being greedy. Yeah. So I think the same thing. Right now, movies are downloaded like freaking crazy. Mm-hmm. People are illegally downloading and up, like downloading movies, illegally uploading movies because movies are too freaking expensive. They're too expensive to pay twenty twenty five bucks to go see a movie in theaters is ridiculously expensive. And then the you know. And that's two of you. It's you know you're usually going with a group of people. So you know, if, if, for, so for example, so so here here's where here's where I think the movie industry really needs to jump in and do something. Is we rented on video on demand the the new Trolls movie. Okay. And it was twenty bucks. Now some people are saying, "Oh my god, that's so expensive." No, it's not. Consider twenty bucks. How many people to rent the movie? It? Exactly, twenty bucks is dirt cheap to rent a movie a brand new movie a brand new we movie. paid 20 yes. we paid 25 bucks for scoob now here's the thing we got it for uh i can't remember it was 24 hours or 48 hours 
don't quote me on that. It, it, it was up to 48 hours. So in that time, the kids watched the movie three times. <laughs> the four of us all saw the movie. Right. So if it was the four of us at the theaters, even at reduced price, so the kids are 10 bucks a piece, so it's 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. And me and Sylvie are 20 bucks a piece. Right. So it's 20, That's 40, true. 50, 60. So 60 bucks to go see Trolls in the theater. Not including. Or video on demand for 20 bucks. Right. And that's not including the popcorn and your soft nope. drinks and the nope, gas, exactly. gas to get there. Mm-hmm. And the whole, the whole shebang. And, so, and you don't have to, you can get up and pause. Can you, you could pause it, right? Yeah, of course. You yeah. Have to oh yeah, for sure. You can. So yeah. if you have yeah. to go to the bathroom and say, okay, everyone, uh, I'm pausing the movie, <laughs> the whole movie theater. Uh, and most of us have a decent TV at home nowadays. Yeah. Like I that's think. the way the technology is. Most of us have, so if, okay, if, sure. If the have, theater experience. <laughs> if you still yeah, have I like the TV. Theater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe it's time to maybe look at the flat uh, screen. Yeah. So you'll, you'll be amazed at the quality difference. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so the thing is, I know the, the, the movie industry, the movie theaters and everything, they're bucking. Because it's like, well, we're going to lose our revenue. Yeah, you're going to lose revenue. But if you don't react right now and mm-hmm. do something right now, in two or three years, or two to five years from now, you're, we're going to experience the same thing that happened to the music industry. Everything's going to be, all the movies are going to be on a streaming service. New movies are going to be on a streaming service, mm-hmm. and they're going to be dirt cheap. And at that point, illegal downloads of movies will stop happening because I can stream whatever I want. I can, I can, I can get a, a subscription to something where I can see, like, in music, you can download, or sorry, you can listen to any song from any record label. Mm-hmm. Period. You don't think something like that's going to happen with movies if the movie theaters don't get their acting gear and find a way to work around this? Like, there's a lesson to be learned here, I think. Well, okay, here's, here's something that's, okay, you want to listen to music, uh, right now, if, if you want to listen to just kind of random songs, they have all these streaming services, um, you know, XM radio, playlist and, stuff. and whatnot. Oh now, yeah. If I want to listen to a song, say if I want to sit, hit, listen to Rosanna from Toto, right? Yep. Where do I go? What's, where's the first place I normally go? You, YouTube. Okay. So I'm think. going to YouTube. Now, YouTube is not a streaming audio service. It's an actual videos. The technology is already there and it's being used for music videos. Mm-hmm. And it's free. And audio too, because sometimes they'll have just a picture of the band and you can listen to the song in the regular quality. Yeah, and it's free. Now, they make revenue from advertisements. Yes. Okay. I mean, and I'm sure other people have done this, but they get way too greedy because there's an advertisement every five minutes when you're watching a movie, and it is a pain in the ass. You do not want to watch the movie anymore. You don't even want right. to use the service anymore. So you've just screwed yourself uh, from a person actually helping you generate income. Can you yes. not have the same thing that YouTube has maybe – you know, YouTube before they inserted the commercials the way they are now, because it used to be where they weren't. Mm-hmm. But I can see why they're doing it. 
Now, well, I've, I've noticed... Yeah, that there is... Okay, so before you go into your next point here, okay. or continue on the point, yep. if I like a movie, I buy the DVD or the Blu-ray and the digital version. And I watch the digital version on YouTube ad-free because I paid for the movie. Okay, when you're saying you're buying it on YouTube, are you playing it on YouTube? No, I buy I buy the movie, right. right? I buy a physical copy of the movie, and it comes with the digital version. I pay more to buy the movie because I really like it. Right. So I get a DVD version, a Blu-ray version, and I get a digital version. In the v- digital version, I go into YouTube, I validate my code, and I get that movie forever on YouTube for free, ad-free. Oh, I did not know that existed. Yes. Okay. So anyway, go on, go on with your point. Okay, so when you go to an artist, sometimes you'll, you, you, when you play, uh, some people have music and say Def Leppard, you, you're looking for music for that. There's usually one, and I'm assuming it is their representative for the band. I'm assuming. I could be totally wrong, but I'm assuming. Because some of these uh, things that have all these music for these bands is usually the same band and the name... Uh, usually corresponds to it. Whether or not it's a coincidence, I'm not sure. But the reason they have that music there, and you can listen to it at any time, I'm assuming because after so many downloads, you know, you get paid so much money, correct? On YouTube, you mean? Yeah. So say so, you, so you have a, a monetary channel, someone watches your videos. Right, yeah. After so many, you get so much money, Correct. Yes, that's correct. After you, you, uh, there's a, there's a barrier you have to pass. And once you pass that barrier, okay, you get paid. And as long as you maintain that barrier, which is, I can't remember, 5,000 views per video. Once you maintain that barrier, you get ad revenue. Right. For so, every play. Right. So why not be able to do that? I mean, probably not, not that YouTube couldn't do it, but if you had a similar service, for movies, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure there already are, uh, where it would work out the same way, you wouldn't really have to pay for it. You pay for it through the ads, which they get paid because you're watching it, and then they have mm-hmm. their ads, correct? It's the same as you're watching yep. TV, if there's a show on. I mean, it may not be a new release, but the show gets paid by the sponsors. Yep. Now, I... I mean, technology is there how you would do it. I'm not too sure. Uh, Boy, so this is just like movies going back to, movies always stuck their thumb up at TV. Mm-hmm. You know, with TV, it's a lesser form of entertainment, and they have commercials. They have to support themselves with commercials. Yeah. But for movies to suddenly have to revert to the TV model of getting paid by commercials, I don't know. Is that irony? Well, I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, they have, I mean, they have Tubi, right? And they have, yeah. you know, all these Netflix and, you know, the, but these aren't new release movies. You need the same service, but for new release movies. Yeah. They need a, 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 a subscription. Somewhat similar model to that, yes. Similar. Yeah, somewhat similar, but not, yeah, I guess you couldn't really go, okay, well, it's so much a month, but then you can watch as many movies as you want. If you want that, then why would you pay for that? Why wouldn't you just pay for movies on demand because you only want to watch one or two a month? So you're running into issues now where if you were to pay for it, uh, 
now you have to think in your head, well, how much am I going to use the service? Is it even worth doing? So that's where the YouTube thing comes in, where it doesn't cost you any money to watch it, but they get paid revenue through ads. But not to the point where you can't enjoy the movie because all you're doing is getting ads. So basically... Well, I mean, if, when but you, you know what, though? Like, it, 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 it could have... Like, if you want to illegally watch a movie... Or, or or whatever the term is. I, yeah, you download the whole know. movie, you watch it. There's no ads. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But they 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 need to find a way to counter people downloading, and the way to counter it is to make it free with ads, like what Tubi does, mm-hmm. or to make it affordable. Because, like, think about it. If if a family of four with two kids that are above a, a certain age, they want to go see a, a Disney movie, right? And no one gets to pay a, a junior price or a senior price. So that's $80 for a family of four to go see a movie. Right. That's really expensive. Mm-hmm. Now, movies do make a, cost a lot of money to make, but some of the reason for the movies costing so much to make is because they can make it. We can spend $500 million on a movie and we can make $1.5 billion back. But then, well, you, so, have, you have to pay the theater. You have to you have to pay the person that's running the projector. You have to pay the people that are running concessions. Concessions. You have to pay the you know the rent for the building. There's this, there's this so much like the involved music. to the price. When you sure. go online and do it, you could do it way but, cheaper. But 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 in the move in the music industry, there's mm-hmm. all these levels of middle management between the artist and getting the music out. There's so many people getting paid in between the people actually making the movie mm-hmm. and the people, you know, and the people seeing the movie that, 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 that there's that line of demarcation that is, is ridiculous. Like, um, in a record label, there's, there's some guy that, that, that's paid to, to, um, to go find hookers and blow, you know, back in the eighties, <laughs> you know, there's a guy that's responsible for, you know, the ridiculous expenses, that are all paid for by the artist in the end. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, a, you know, you sign a record con- contract and you have to release three albums before you make any money back or before you break even. Mm-hmm. And if your first three albums don't sell really well, then you owe the label money. But they blew all your money on uh, a million employees. Like, there shouldn't be a million employees to put an album out. No. Like there's just there's levels, of it. it's the same thing in the movie industry. It's the same thing. There's so many executives and people in between, and all these people that are paid. Like if you look at the credits uh, at the end of a movie, the amount of people it takes to make a movie. And now maybe I'm getting into going to get in trouble for saying this, but there's too many people. It takes too many people to make a movie. Like, but well, and you look some of the jobs, personal assistant too. Really? <laughs> Personal hairdresser too, or whatever. It's like, I, I the the expenses on movies are are so inflated because there's so many people getting like there's so many tweeners getting paid to do nothing. Well, like it, it's not about it's it's about again like the the music business is called the music business because there's so much business into it that it's not about the music anymore and there's too many people in between. I think the movie industry is the same thing. There's too many people getting paid and, you know, the people at the bottom of the rung are, are getting 
they can't afford to pay those people because they're paying all these executives all this money. So, you know, there's, there's a disparity. There's a, there's a middle class, there's a low, lower class, and then there's an upper class in making a movie just like there was in the mu- movie industry, or I'm sorry, music industry. So hmm. if you start looking at the cost of making something and find ways to reduce your cost, which is getting rid of all this, I don't know, there's too many people involved. Well, they'll, they'll lean out. You know, like Clerks, Clerk, the, the movie Clerks, for example, let's go back to Kevin Smith here again. He made his movie for whatever it was, 200 grand, something like that. And he maxed out all his credit cards and all that sort of stuff. And the amount of people involved in that movie is, you know, a, 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 a thousandth of what it takes to make any other movie. Mm-hmm. And that movie is considered a classic and everybody loves it. So, you know, I, I don't, I think people just spend money. Like, Oh, I'm going to make a movie. Okay. Well, right away we need a million dollars for, for this. We need a million dollars for that. And we need 200, you know, like 200,000 for this and then 200,000 for that. It's like, where's all this money going? Like, well, the competition is, is different. Um, it's, it's, it's not, they don't have to be as lean as, I mean, nowadays when you have a company, everyone's like cut back, cut back, cut back. Okay. So when did this all start? Is this, is, did this all start when everything was shipped overseas because labor was way cheaper? So now all the companies here is like, well, if we need to compete with that, we have to lean, we have to get really lean, like to the point where you're overworking people and it's just more stressful uh, than anything else. <laughs> Are we going to go into the lean manufacturing versus anorexic manufacturing again? Well, <laughs> but I mean, but it's the same thing. You can go too far the other way, right? Like you can, okay, well, you know, it, where they just start cutting people's wages instead of getting rid of, you know, uh, like the, the people for these not-for-profit organizations that make three or four million a year running a nonprofit organization <laughs> while the employees that actually work at the nonprofit Don't get are paid. making less than minimum. They're making less than minimum wage. Like, how is that fair? Like, okay, I know you're running the, the organization, but it's a not for profit and you already have a day job and you're supposed to be doing this out of the goodness of your heart to help people, that's, but that's, you're still getting paid three or $4 million a year to be a part-time CEO for a non, not for profit. Like, there's a disparity of income there that makes absolutely no sense. So, you know, movies, when they say it takes um, a movie, you know, you spend 50 million on a movie to to make it, or nowadays 200 million on a movie to make it, and it's more than double that for marketing, Mm -hmm. something's wrong there. If there's something wrong, oh, well, we only made half a billion dollars. We didn't make any money back. (laughs) <laughs> there's something wrong there. Well, there's management issues. The thing is, they don't have a, they don't have competition really. The only competition they have are, are are the North American companies. Like, if you look at a Chinese it's, film, it's, well, it's not like you, it, it's, it's, like it's way different than here. You're not com- you're not competing with them though, because it's a whole different language. I know, which, which is a whole different you know a whole different. Uh, uh, people that speak that language that can but only it, watch it. So, But I've seen a lot of foreign films that are better than American ones. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and they have a quarter of the, of the staff. Yeah, but they have all the So, you know, you shouldn't spend money just to spend money. <laughs> like, oh, we'll throw a bunch of money at it 
And all of a sudden, the movie makes a ton of money because you spent a lot of money on it. Like, that doesn't make sense. Uh, anyway, whatever. We're, we're going off the rails here. <laughs> and uh, I think we should cap it anyway <laughs> at <Okay>. this point. <laughs> so I guess the idea of this episode was virtual versus um, real. I, want, I really, really want to attend a virtual LAN party. Would that not rock? You know, say you're mm-hmm. NASCAR or something. <laughs> oh man! In in one of those gaming seats, okay, that's all hydraulic. That would be awesome. Yep, that'd be awesome. Or concerts, like are they, are they going to have the capability of having a concert where the you can watch the concert virtually? I know they can because they oh, they yeah. do they've done IMAX ones that way. Yeah, but where they can also have the band get the feedback from the audience. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. All right. Okay. We're going to cap it there. I think that's a good point to end it. (laughs) We didn't go off the rail so much. We actually stayed uh, tight to some sort of format here. This is awesome. Somewhat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, send me the file and uh, we'll see y'all on the flip side. All right. Sounds good. (laughs) Oh yeah. We should always do this at the end of the show. Where can you reach us? Uh, That would be uh, seanmcginnity.ca. That's right. That's S- and also E A N. Some people M-T-G-I-N-I-T-Y. spell it differently. There you go. And then uh, you can always find me on Twitter and Facebook and Reddit and Tumblr and everything at just look uh, look up for Sean Geek Podcast. That is that is us in all places. And what uh, what what's your details, sir? Mine, um, I think, I think you can find mine on, from right from your site. I think. Mine's, uh, just fat, f- fat. Yeah. Sorry. Fast fret fingers, uh, is the handle. Uh, I've got, uh, I think it's Todd's tech talk or nerd talk. I can't remember now what it's called. Todd's tech talk. Todd, Todd's, Todd's tech, tech talk. talk. TikTok videos. No. TikTok. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's another channel. Yeah, that's a different channel. Uh, yeah, so I have that, uh, basically just basically, uh, all I have up there right now is just a podcast set up, um, with a Behringer mixer and a, what is it? I rig hooked up to a phone, which is basically what we, uh, what I have right now set up. Yeah. Uh, Great videos. If you want to get started on your own podcast, it's, uh, those videos are, uh, they're essentials to watch. Yeah. And then I just, uh, got it going through a zoom. Uh, that's what we're recording uh, through right now. Yeah, look at the show notes. I always link to Todd's stuff on there, and uh, or you know the 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 Sean Geek stuff mm-hmm. is all listed in the notes section. So we'll see you guys mm-hmm. next week. Alrighty then. Later. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.